Y'all, today we are nerding out all about analytics. Now, don't leave me because what we're going to talk about is how you can start offering a premium service. No matter if you're a podcast manager, you love data, you're a VA, you are a course creator, a launch, this is going to apply to you and your business. So even if you're not into data, stick around and let's see what can come out of this. So let's jump on in. Welcome to the Serve Scale Soar podcast, the podcast dedicated to helping service-based entrepreneurs scale their online business to five-figure months so they can soar into six-figure years. Your host, Brandy, is a wife, mom, and in less than one year, created a six-figure business. And now she is spilling all her secrets so you can too. Hey, 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 Serve Scale Store family. Oh my goodness. I am so excited because y'all know I geek out over numbers. I think that numbers are like the most magical thing in our business and not enough women are looking at their numbers. And so I'm excited today that I was introduced to Jennifer and some of you may know her, but she is a Google Analytics nerd and I'm super, and I say that in the most loving way because I love analytics. And so I'm super excited to introduce anyone who doesn't know her. And we're going to talk all about analytics today, how you can use this in your own business, but also how you can up-level your services and start offering this and charging more. So Jennifer, thank you so much for being on the show. Please tell my audience who you are as a person first, and then a little bit about your business. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. So my name is Jennifer. As a person, I am a mom of two little girls. One is eight and one is about to be six at the time of this recording. I also have, we just got a puppy. So you might hear her chime in at some point in the background of this call. Yeah. And I, I love Hallmark movies. It's kind of my guilty pleasure. And lately I've become addicted to Animal Crossing. So I don't know if either of those two things resonate with people, but those are kind of my uh, fun facts. I'm sure that we have a lot of people that can connect with that. I don't have any clue what Animal Crossing is. And my sister-in-law is such a Hallmark fan and I'm not. <laughs> so I love that. So t- first off, I need to know what Animal Crossing is. Is this like a video game? It is a video game and I am not somebody that typically loves video games. So it caught me by a lot of surprise that I am as addicted as I am, but yeah, it's a Nintendo switch game. It was, it's meant for young kids. I was setting it up for my kids. And when I was going through the setup, I was like, yeah, you're going to need your own. Like this is mine now. (laughs) That is so fun. I love video games, but I'm more of like a call of duty type of person when it comes Ah. to them, but they're super addicting. So I love that we have that video game connection. Yeah. So let's chat about analytics. So tell us about your, you know, you have a program, you've also done this as services. So tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, I'll actually start at the very beginning because one question I get a lot is how I even got into all this as somebody that majored in English literature and counts with her fingers. So I left a, a senior corporate role just to be able to go all in on my business. And I was doing operations at the time. So I was a certified DOO and I was behind the scenes helping predominantly professional bloggers somehow had become my niche. And I was working with the bloggers and a lot of them were starting to kind of come to these decision points about like, where do we keep investing our time and resources, right? Like we have team and, you know, with blogging, organic Facebook is a whole play. Like there's just kind of a whole different world when it comes to blogging. And so we were at a crossroads with quite a few clients of mine and they really weren't sure where to invest the resources. And so I have a background in blogging myself. I had kind of like a a decent understanding of Google Analytics. 
And so I started to poke around to see how could I help really drive results for my clients and help point them in the right direction. And so that's when I just started, like, like I just started geeking out on this. The more I got into it, the more I realized like everything you think, you know, there's like a layer deeper, there's a step further that you can take it. And so I built, you know, one blogger I was working with the first dashboard, just because her and I were in a little bit of a disagreement about which direction we should focus. And so I was able to use data to say, Hey, here's where I think we should go. And here's the data that actually supports that. And so when I pulled the first dashboard up, she was like, Jen, you need to be selling these. Like, this is incredible. All of my friends would buy these. And I was like, yeah, I mean, every, I feel like everybody says that when you're a service provider and you do like your first cool thing. But then I started delivering it to other bloggers as well that I was working with, and they were all saying the same thing. And so I put up kind of like a, a tiny offer, as our friend Allie would call it, and started selling a standalone dashboard. And then I just started, you know, selling it kind of on the side as a service with people that were willing to take a chance on me since it was still relatively new for me. And then that was all in, I want to say 2020. And then by 2021, it kind of took over as our primary business. I just think there's so few people out there that are specialized in this, in our particular space, that it kind of became easy for my name to start to spread and me to start to take on more clients where I was able to phase out the operations work. I think one of the things too that's happening in the online space now is iOS came out. You know, I work with Facebook ad managers, you're working with analytics, Google analytics people. Like, this is something that's needed now more than ever. And I think that a lot of businesses were relying solely on their information that was in Facebook ad manager for course creators and things like that. And they weren't too concerned about other sources of data. And now that that's it's not all gone, but it's much, much harder now to track. It's like, oh, crud, this is something we need to get a handle on, or we have no idea where our money's going. And so do you think that a big uptick in this was because of iOS? And do you see this being more needed as all these changes are happening in the online space? A hundred percent. Like, I think this was super important even before iOS, but I don't think it was getting the attention that it really deserved. And I think iOS just expedited this as like a, as a niche, to be honest. And I think part of that, I mean, I, I obviously have a lot of opinions on iOS and tracking, but for me, I think it comes down to having a single source of truth. Like most people prior to the iOS changes were looking at active campaign or whatever that email provider for them was and getting that the metrics from that, looking at their Facebook ads and getting their metrics from that, looking at Pinterest or Instagram or whatever, and getting their metrics from those places. And everybody had Google Analytics installed, right? But I, most people I talk to don't ever click on it or open it or even know if they have it set up correctly. And I think the problem is that when you think about all these different companies, they're all fighting for attribution, right? Like Pinterest wants to take the credit. Facebook wants to take the credit. Google wants to take the credit. And so when you have that happening, and the fact that they're all actually tracking things differently, the numbers are never going to add up. And I think iOS is really what brought that to light is because people started to say, wait a minute, you know, Facebook ads manager is saying this, but Google Analytics says something totally different. And it's not that one is lying or one, it's they're truly using different means of tracking. And so the numbers are never going to be the same. But if you're comparing like a number from one platform that tracks one way to a number from another platform that tracks a completely different way, like you're not comparing apples to apples anymore. And so 
For me, what I think really the benefit of Google Analytics is that it brings in this kind of neutral party. I mean, neutral, I know Google has Google ads, but mostly neutral party that can kind of provide that consistent source of truth, right? So obviously you're still going to leverage Facebook, Facebook ads manager for spend data and things like that, but you'll be able to see clicks and even sales through Google Analytics. So it just kind of adds this like neutral layer to it so that you're not tracking all these things from different places and then trying to compare them all or worse, trying to like go down rabbit holes of figure out, figuring out who is accurate when none of them are, are really accurate. That, that to me is, has been a big benefit of iOS is that people are starting to see that. And I think even with like the email changes that are happening too, it's like Google Analytics is becoming more and more important. And so, and there's a lot of changes that are even happening with Google and Google Analytics and keeping track of all this. And so even for those people who are using Google Analytics, some of those things I'm not like, I know how to get in there. I look at my numbers in there, but like, I'm no expert at Google Analytics. I know how to get my page conversions to make sure Kajabi's, Kajabi is wonderful, but they do an awful job and they will tell you their analytics when it comes to page views is so off. And so we use Google Analytics so I can figure out my conversion, but like, I'm not an expert by any means at Google Analytics. And so when we're looking at like the updates that are coming, I think I'm going to butcher this, but it's like G4 tag or something like that. With those, you have certain clients that may be using Google Analytics, but I don't know what's the shift that's going to happen with this. Is this something that's going to be an easy shift for people? Or is it going to be something that people need a service provider to come in and help them navigate? I think it's a little bit of both. So I think, you know, to take away some of the fear around it. So Google Analytics, the, the version that most of us know and love is called Universal Analytics. So you'll notice when you have that little code that you add to your site, it starts with a UA dash. And Google Analytics, right before all these iOS changes happened, or maybe right around the same time, they expedited the launch of Google Analytics 4. Now the name is confusing because the last version was not Google Analytics 3. So why they did this to me, I don't know. I, I take it very personally because I'm like, I have to talk about this all the time and explain that every time. But you know, they expedited it as part of all of these changes. And the the difference, I'm not going to go super technical here, but like the main difference is how things are tracked. With Google Analytics, the one that we all kind of know and love, that one it's based on sessions and it was not built during the space that we're in today, right? Like right now, I might be on my phone in my living room and then run into my office and pop on my computer and then be in my car. And now I'm on like you know, cell service on my phone again. And so the way Google Analytics was built, it wasn't meant to understand that that was all me, right? Right. Versus Google Analytics 4 is able to fill in those gaps. And it's like, oh, Jen was on her computer, but then Jen was on her cell phone, or maybe that was Jen on her husband's phone or whatever the case is. So it's a little bit more of it leverages like predictive analytics and machine learning to really understand. And then it can start to make educated guesses to close the gap between you know, oh, this person came from the Facebook ad and then they bought from an email a couple of days later and hopefully be able to bridge that gap that the current Google can't do. So to answer your question, I mean, the actual implementation of it is simple. You're just adding an additional script to your site. Right now we tell clients like feed and forget Google Analytics 4 because it is not meant for reporting yet. Like it is very confusing to use as a user it's consistently being updated. They just rolled out more updates this week. So like, it's not something that I tell people like, oh, go ahead and delete universal analytics. No, if you still want to actually understand what's coming out, keep that one, just set and forget Google Analytics 4. Because if you don't, by the time it is useful, 
you're going to then be starting from zero versus if it's you, when it becomes really useful and the reporting's where it needs to be, having all that legacy data in there is going to be the game changer for you. So where I think it's helpful for service providers is that some business owners, like everything I just said, that makes them want to cry, right? And so I think it opens up the opportunity for some for more people because I can't, you know, serve the entire internet. So we need more people that are able to go and actually explain that to people and help make sure that they have both set up and then make sure that both are set up correctly because there's I mean, I I can't think of a single instance in all of the accounts that I've been in that I've ever gone into someone someone's Google Analytics account and it was actually set up correctly. I always find something. So yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of like the the big differentiator between the two tools. Okay, perfect. That sets up a lot of clarity. And I think now one of the other things that's opened up is people just want better tracking now. And so tell me, so there's programs out there. Some of you may be like glazing over now as we're talking about this. And I always try to like bring things down, but I also have a lot of ad managers. I have a lot of launch managers. We have a lot of social media managers that are in this space and they're super frustrated because they don't have the same tracking as they used to with Facebook ads or Facebook in general. And so when there's talk about programs like Wicked Report and Hyros, and we've used both of them, and it's frustrating because you're paying a ton of money. So these aren't programs that are going to be accessible for everyone. You know, you're looking at $600 to $1,000 per month for these programs. So it doesn't really make sense unless your clients are spending a lot of money on ads each month. And so this isn't something that's accessible for everyone. So is setting up the Google Analytics, getting all the tracking that you teach in your program down, is that something that's going to replace something like Hyros or Wicked Reports? Or is it just something that's like additional? Yeah, I mean, I actually don't recommend any tool like those. I, you know, when someone comes to me, even as a, a one-on-one client, I suggest we just use Google Analytics and Facebook Ads Manager. And I'll kind of save you all, all of my reasons why. But yeah, I, th- I don't think you need any extra tool. I think it comes down to the business owner. And like, if they don't have a team and they don't have the ability to, or not the ability, but like they don't have the interest in learning how all of this works themselves, a tool like that might make sense. But I think as a service provider, or as a Facebook ads manager, there are other ways you can do it that are way more cost effective. So the first thing that I want to bring up that we haven't talked about yet is Google Data Studio, because that is actually the better tool for reporting from Google Analytics. So, you know, other people may have heard of Tag Manager. So there's kind of this trifecta of three tools. So Google Analytics is amazing for storing information, but it's not so great at reporting information. And I'm sure this resonates with you know you and others that are listening is that you go into Google Analytics, you start clicking around, and next thing you know, you're like somehow eight layers deep in something. You don't know how you got there. You can't figure out how to back out of it. You're like, I just need to X out of this because I'm frustrated. It's not great at that part of things. And so Google created this other tool called Google Data Studio, also free, and it can pull in data from many data sources, including Facebook Ads Manager, but you know, Obviously, because it's a Google tool, they pull in from Google Analytics. And so it allows you to visualize data in a way that's just so much more simple. And so you're not going to need to go invest in these expensive third-party tools that are charging you monthly to be able to get access to reporting because you'll be able to build your own for free. And I know when I first got started, the very first dashboard I built for a client, I signed up for this expensive tool that was like $800 a month. And I'm like, this is fine, right? Because she she told me all of her friends were going to buy this. So... $800 a month is not a problem. And it was a problem, right? It didn't grow as fast as I thought it would. 
right off the gate. And the tool was actually very difficult to use. And I needed to hire a developer and it ended up costing me thousands of dollars that were ultimately wasted because when I found Google Data Studio, I was able to do everything I needed to very easily. And at that time I had no training in analytics. I had no, like, I have no background in analytics. So this was just like an average business owner stepping in, able to learn all of this on her own before I kind of took my skills to the next level. I love this because I think that the cool thing, and I've seen these dashboards, they're like awesome. We've played around with them in our business. Definitely could use some improvement, but we've played around with them. But it's really cool how it populates the data and what this could do for anyone that's working and needs to do reports for clients. Or if you're someone who's launching or running Evergreen or anything, having this data lets you make really great decisions about your business. And so I see this as being such a great value add into your services and getting people to hire you because you're going to save them. Like even if you're in their building and I don't know what you charge for building dashboards, but I would say probably in the long run, it's way, way cheaper than having Hyros for a year or Wicked Reports for a year when we're talking about $600 to $1,000 per month and telling a client and showing the difference between those is really, really powerful because also when they leave those programs, they lose all their data as well. So it's also one of those, they have like you in these handcuffs and I'm not talking bad about these companies. I definitely think that these companies are good for certain businesses at certain levels, spending certain amounts on ads. But for the general people that we work with that's in this small business space, it's not cost-effective and when there's free tools out there. And so I love that you're bringing awareness to this. And I think it's also the sweet spot where service providers can add on to their services and either upsell this or do this as VIP days or intensives or whatever it may be to add more revenue to their business. Absolutely. Yeah. And we've had a lot of different types of service providers come into our program and learn about this type of work, um, whether it's launch managers, ad managers, you know, from Facebook or Google or even Pinterest ad managers, you know, social media managers, OBMs. Like we've just had so many different people come through our space to learn this because clients want it. Like, and like you kind of initially said, with iOS, people started to prioritize understanding data. And so now this is a conversation that's happening. Even like when someone hires a VA, a lot of times they're like, what reporting are you going to be able to give us? You know, even updating spreadsheets, you can automate a lot of that. Like there are so many things. It's not even just Google Analytics that I'm very passionate about. It's like, There are so many ways to grab the information that you need to grab and do it in an automated way that'll help you make better decisions in your business. And I think this is also a great place for anyone who doesn't want to be in the day-to-day of someone. Like there's people in your business, like Janessa loves to be, she's my number two. She loves to be behind the scenes. She hates when I put her on camera, on the spot, anything like that. And I feel like this is such a good way for, and I hate to say introverts because I think that we all need to step out of our shell, but for introverts to really stay in the back end of someone's business. And if you love numbers, like, oh my gosh, this is such a premium service that you can offer that keeps you in the back, in the numbers, in the spreadsheets. And it's one of those things that the business owner probably has no idea what the heck you're doing. And so they're not going to be micromanaging you. You're like doing your thing, giving them the report, and then no micromanaging, no face-to-face contact. So I just see this as being such a great place for anyone, no matter if you have experience in this or not. 
A hundred percent. I could not agree more. I mean, the, the kind of freedom of it is what I enjoyed most when I was doing it predominantly as a service provider was exactly that. Like, it's not like the business owner is the expert on the thing and that they're now delegating this to you. It's like, you are truly getting to come in as the expert and work with them and educate them and be that kind of like information source for them and, and support. And you get to see how the insights that you're giving are actually able to move the needle in the business. So, I mean, I think that it's it's such an up and coming skill for service providers to have um, and something that's so necessary for business owners right now. I love this. And so tell us, you work with service providers, you've seen them, you've been one yourself in this space. How much is it? And I know it can be a wide range. So just a range so people can actually put a figure to this. But what's the typical price for someone to build out someone's dashboard? Yeah. Like you said, there's a big range and it really depends. I will tell you what my pricing is as of right now. If someone were to come to me wanting a dashboard, typically what we would charge is anywhere from six to $8,000. I don't work on retainer. So I work on a project basis. And so that includes setting up their Google Tag Manager, their Google Analytics. We set up Tag Manager to to pass the information to Google Analytics. And then Google Analytics displays that information via Data Studio. So it's kind of those how those three come together. And so that includes setting up their Google Analytics account correctly, setting up Google Tag Manager. We are pulling in a single kind of sales dashboard so they can see most people now are selling through multiple channels, right? Like you're maybe selling on Kajabi, but then you have this random Thrivecart checkout and oh, there's a ClickFunnels page from three years ago that you just didn't take down yet. And so we are able to aggregate all of that into one place so that on you know Wednesday, whatever of whatever month it is, you can go in and say, oh, this is exactly down to the penny, how much I've made so far this month, which is very difficult to do in most cases, right? So we do that. We have an attribution set up so they can see exactly where their leads and sales are coming from. And then we do some funnel tracking as well. So those are kind of like the main... I just like to share what's included in that price. Those are kind of like the main pieces that are included in that. And that would run, again, six to $8,000 if someone were to work with me. I know other measurement people that I'm aware of, some of them charge three to $5,000 a month. And it's more of a retainer where they stay within the business and kind of serve as that analytics person. I think there's a huge need for that too, because the way our businesses are constantly changing, like having someone in your business that can regularly be taking the time to answer those questions for you and keep everything up to date, I think is immensely valuable. And then for, for people that are like, wow, I don't, I don't want to charge that much. Like I have a lot of friends that are like, I much prefer kind of like the, the, less expensive services that are are kind of quick and quick and easy. I mean, you could charge nine um, $9.97 for going in and cleaning up a Google Analytics account and setting up a very basic dashboard that you do off of a template you've created one time. So there are certainly, you know, lower price if that's something you're interested in. There's higher price if that's something you're interested in. But yeah, my very first dashboard I sold was for 5000 So I kind of went right for it. And then VIP days, I would charge differently because obviously they're not getting a you know eight week engagement in a VIP day. So there's different price points for different services, but typically I'm between six and eight thousand. I was going to ask with the six to eight thousand, how many weeks are you actually working in their account? Yeah, so it really depends. I tell them it's six to eight weeks. So I don't know why both are six to eight. It just kind of happened that way. But yeah, I say six to eight weeks. It really depends. You know, I can do a lot of it in a couple of days. The hard part with working with data is just it typically is something that takes a little bit of time, right? Like I'm not working with most clients that are having just like a waterfall of traffic every single day or a waterfall of sales every single day. And so 
you might set something up, but then it might take a couple of days to get enough information to make sure, hey, did everything work correctly? Is this is does this make sense? Now can I visualize it? So I, I for a bigger engagement, I do like to give it six to eight weeks just so that I'm populating data and also seeing like things go wrong, right? Like yeah. nothing, I feel like nothing ever works the way you think it's going to. Yeah. And I'm sure Facebook ads managers can appreciate that too. So it's like. I like to be able to have that extra time for like, hey, this doesn't make any sense. Why is this pulling through like this? Let me dig into this problem. And I'm a big fan of multiple revenue streams. And that's always been my thing. And I love that this doesn't need to be an A-B conversation. Like we can bring C in. And so it can be, hey, I have some retainer clients. Hey, I work with some VIP clients. Hey, maybe it's just some quick setups that are here and there, and you can really build this type of business out however you want. And I think this is a perfect example of when I talk about premium services and people are like, well, I'm not an ad manager. I'm not like making people money. So I like, I can't charge premium. And a lot of people would say like a data person isn't making people money. They are, and they're saving them a ton of time. And so if you find the clients that know the importance of numbers and running their business, through something like this and having something implemented that can save them or make them tens of thousands of dollars. Paying you $6,000 is going to be like amazing. And just like I said, if you save them $600 a month for one of these third-party trackers, like that's so much better too. And they're never going to lose their information. It stays with them no matter if they work with you or not. And so I think there's so much room for growth here. And this opens up so many possibilities for people who didn't think that they could charge a premium service because they're not someone running ads or something like that. Like this is something that's very attainable for anyone who loves the numbers. Yeah. And I think the other thing too, that like differentiates having someone kind of on a team that can look at numbers versus using a a third-party tool is that you can't really ask the third-party tool additional questions, right? So Something that came up for me recently was I was launching and I had been like playing with Bonjoro the past couple of launches that I've done. And so I went in and I happened, I was about to do a video for someone and I noticed that I had done a couple for her through previous launches and that she actually purchased like on the last round. And so it made me wonder, I'm like, how long are people on my email list before they're buying? Because I had, I was thinking that people, it took people like, six to nine months on my email list to make a purchase of my signature program. Right. And so because I have the the skills and and the, you know, experience to be able to just do that myself or ask someone on my team to do it, that was a really easy piece of information to find. Right. Like I know exactly how long someone's on my email list before they purchase the program. And then I can even break it's 61 days right now. That's amazing. So we know this, but I don't know it down to the days. I know that they have to go through to watching our 10K webinar twice to join. So it's either on Evergreen that they watch it and then when we do them live or live and then Evergreen. But we know they have to watch it typically twice. And so it can vary like three months, six months, depending on when I'm doing them. But that's what has to happen. And then for beta to biggie, which is higher ticket, we see that they have to go through the funnel for you know eight to 12 months before making that decision. And so I think this is so important because so, especially for my ad managers listening, this is something to tell your clients, like just because those leads don't buy then doesn't mean they're not going to buy the next round. We always tell our beta to biggie students, how many of the people who bought were on your list launch list the last time and having that data 
then it makes you look so much better. Because if the launch doesn't go like you wanted and the ad spend didn't like hit the numbers, instead of going to your client and being like, we lost money, you can say, actually, look, your typical person needs to be on your list 61 days before they purchase. Oh, yeah. I mean, I feel so strongly about this. I could go on so many soapbox rants about this information because, you know, I like am in defense of Facebook ad managers everywhere. Like, I know I worked with someone back in October, I want to say, and we did some just like lead gen ads. So we weren't even trying to like get a sale at the point. We were truly just doing lead ads. And I'm sorry if I'm not using the right terms because I'm not a Facebook ads person. But it's funny because we did get a ton of leads and then we launched at the end of that month. And I don't think a single Facebook ads person purchased. And so I think like the average business owner would have been like Facebook ads were a waste, right? But I check once a month, I go in and I see because I set up and this is just kind of like a pro tip. I set up whenever I have a separate like opt-in when people are coming from a Facebook ad. And I set up my active campaign to tag them as Facebook ad in active campaign. And so then I can run a report to see how many people who purchase have the Facebook ad tag to understand that that connection. And sometimes if I'm being really picky, I'll even go through and compare dates of like, but anyway, but yeah, like now if I look like, yes, in November, we didn't have any sales from Facebook ads people. But when I look since then, we've had like five or six. Now for a multiple thousand dollar program, like I got my money back and then way more, you know what I mean? To this person that worked for me back in October. And so I think the other thing people don't pay enough attention to or talk about enough is that like the Facebook ads job is not to do all the things, right? Like we need to start treating our marketing channels. Each one has a job. So like the Facebook ad, its job is to get them on your email list, right? In most cases, like it's through the webinar, through whatever they're opting in for. Like that's the job. The job is not to convert them. It's not like when I go to purchase something, you know, eight months later, I'm like, oh, remember that cute ad she had? Like, no, I got on their email list. And then the email list's job is to convert me. So again, you can hear it in my voice. I get really worked up about this, but like, I just feel like there are so many service providers out there, Facebook ads managers, social media managers, like email specialists that like are almost like sometimes blamed for results that are not immediate, but like there are different jobs for different things. And we need to start optimizing each thing for its respective job. Absolutely. An example of this is we know that most of our traffic comes from our podcast and I run Facebook ads, but we know like most of our conversions, not traffic, most of our conversions come from our podcast. But the crazy thing is They wouldn't have known that we had a webinar going on or something like that if they didn't see the ad because they get on the podcast, then they go opt into our email and then the email is nurturing them. But we know that only about 30% of people are opening those emails. So it's like, what the heck happened to the other 70%? And then an ad shows up in their feed and they're like, oh yeah, listen to her podcast every single week. She has a webinar going on. Then they jump on there. And so all of these are working together, just like you're talking about, Jennifer. And I think this is the big issue in the online space is that one service providers, you have to educate and set expectations for your clients. Clients have been trained and trained to be told that like email is going to do all your sales or Facebook ads are going to do all your sales or organic is going to do all your sales. And no one's saying, we say it in beta to be, but no one's saying like, all of these traffic sources work together. They're creating one ecosystem. And how can we really utilize them? And who cares if you don't see a direct ROI off the Facebook ads right away? They did something. They got people to see you, recognize you. 
and build trust. Like it's so crazy. Someone sees a Facebook ad, they think you're famous and then they build trust. And so how can we do this? And so I think it's our job as service providers to educate and set proper expectations for our clients and then introduce them to something like Google data studio or resources like Jennifer's talking about. Yeah, no, I, I couldn't agree more. There's so much education that's needed. And I get a little, I get a little spicy with, with my clients too, because I have no problem, you know, going on that soapbox and telling people, you know, kind of in defense of service providers and also in defense of like understanding the actual data and the actual buyer journey. And like you said, there's so many touch points that all play an important role but we can't just like expect, but again, it's not, it's also not their fault. I mean, there's so many marketers, well-intended marketers. I'm not even saying people are, are being malicious intentionally. Like they've had success with one thing. And so they go teach like, Oh, email is everything, or this is everything. And again, they're doing it in a very well-intended way, but a business owner is hearing, Oh, that's the answer. And so this is how it needs to work for me. And if the service provider doesn't deliver that they're bad, they're wrong onto the next. And I just don't think that that's, the case or fair. Yeah. Well, Jennifer, I've loved this conversation. I know some of our audience is probably glazed over and that's okay, but come back and listen to this because there's going to be different people who connect with this messaging right now. And I don't think this messaging is going away. Numbers have always been important. And now more than ever, they're becoming more important. And if you want to do this as a service provider, now's the time to tap into it. Like hit the ground while it's hot It's going to continue to stay hot in my opinion, but like get in there early, become known for doing this. Like Jennifer said, there's not a ton of people doing this. She can't take on all the clients. And so this is a great time. So Jennifer, I know my audience is going to want to connect with you. What is the best way to reach out, get in touch, find out more about what you do? Yeah. The best way is via Instagram. That's where I'm kind of the most active of all the social platforms. So I think, you know, my name is Jennifer Grab, which I know is not always the easiest last name to hear or spell. So I'm sure, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get it in the up. show notes. Yeah. But that's the best place to come chat with me. If you're, if, especially if you are somebody that like, you know, maybe you, you were running and you weren't able to turn this off, but you have glazed over. Like I promise there, there is a place for even those that are not self-proclaimed numbers people, because I was not a numbers person before I got into this space. But I really do think that, you know, as my corporate mentor always said, Numbers are the language of business. And so whether or not you like numbers, they're critical. And there's something that, you know, it's it's worth investing some time in better developing your skills in that area, regardless of whether or not you offer measurement as a service. I love that. I always say numbers don't have emotions because they just are what they are. And yeah. so if we can make more data-driven decisions, our business will grow. And it's easy to say like, oh, this launch failed. But when you look at your numbers, you're like, heck, it like didn't fail. It just did really good. And I can quickly identify like what the missing link was. Maybe you just need more traffic. And so numbers can really help your business. And I think as service providers, I can't say it enough. This is your opportunity to really offer a premium service that you can design any way you want. So Jennifer, Mm -hmm. thank you so much. I know my audience is going to reach out to you and connect. And I just appreciate all the information you shared today. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It's been fun. Y'all, holy cow. Can you imagine right now offering a service for $8,000 for eight weeks? That's $1,000 a week, my friend. What a premium service that you could implement in your business. And now more than ever, Jennifer laid out so much great information. And we've actually partnered with her this month to offer you access to her program. So you'll want to click the link in the show notes 
brandymouse.com slash data. And we are going to go all into how you can actually join her program, but learn more about data. And so go on and click that link, brandymouse.com slash data, and let's nerd out, level up your services and get our analytics together. Until next week, y'all go out and serve your clients, scale your business and soar into the success you deserve. Thanks again for tuning in to the Serve, Scale, Soar podcast with your host, Brandy. If you loved our podcast, please be sure to leave a comment or review and be sure to tune in next time.